following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Tostitos, helping fans get in on the game and our favorite chip and our favorite dip of Dallas Cowboys and Talking Cowboys. So, if you can't tell already, we are not in the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. Instead, we are back virtual as we are unavailable to be in the Star at least for the next couple of days. But we are still going to bring you some Cowboys content and we are going to talk to the fans today. We've got some Twitter questions that we're going to hit coming up in the next 20 minutes or so. But we're back with the normal crew, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harris, and I'm Kyle Yeomans. And gentlemen, it's different, but it's also eerily similar to where we've been used to getting back to normal but maybe not so much normal uh again for at least a couple of days but rob glad to have you back and i'm excited to hear what you had to say about the game yesterday first of all i'm the last time we did this isaiah did not have those fancy bose headphones <laughs> so i'm just i'm loving this look today i'm loving it thank you thank you rob <laughs> thank okay yeah you finally get the bows yeah, it looks fantastic, uh, as Jason Garrett would say back in the day. Fantastic. Uh, yes, I was not on the show yesterday. You guys did a fantastic job. Domination. I mean, y'all y'all covered it yesterday. That was as dominant a performance as I can remember covering in, what, 15 years? Something like that. Uh, just, it was almost a perfect game, the way they played. As far as getting everybody involved offensively, defensively, the turnovers continue. Special teams touchdown. Uh, it was an embarrassing loss for Washington, no question about it. And honestly, the way the defense is playing, um, I think you have to say this team is a Super Bowl contender right now. I know they haven't beaten some very good teams lately, and one is coming up. But I would say the way that this slump has happened, if you want to call it for the Cowboys offense, maybe it was the best thing that ever happened to this Cowboys team. If you, Maybe, if we go down the stretch, because it's allowed the defense to raise its game and kind of forced them to raise their game. And if you can get both units kind of on this level going into the playoffs, that's the teams they make it to the Super Bowl. Huh. That was a jumping out of the cake by you, Rob. I, I jumped like out. I heard, I heard I that. I, I don't have pasties at home, but uh, yeah, maybe that was a cake moment. Man, hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah, come on. You know what to do, Isaiah. Do your thing. Uh, but everybody that's listening to the show, thumbs up or thumbs down for Rob's beard. I, I, I personally love the beard look for Rob. I think it makes him, you know, adds a little thuggish ruggish to the P Island. <laughs> well, we both watched the old school Miami Vice, right? So I'm just going for Crockett really right now is what I'm doing. You're going for Crockett? Crockett. <laughs> yeah, Crockett really didn't trim it up. You know, he just kind of let it go. Uh, right on. Mine's straight out of laziness right now, but yeah, maybe, maybe I'll keep it and trim it for you. We'll see. Oh, That's a t-shirt, Rob. We need to hit straight out of lazy. Straight out of lazy. Straight out of lazy. <laughs> right on. 
Isaiah, how's everything going in your world? Of course, now that you're back at the crib and you got that, uh, is that Cowboys in the background there again? Or are you yeah, trying to do something some, different? We got some Cowboys back there. You know, I received that gift from one of my one of my clients. That was awesome. Got my old, my first touchdown with the boys. And then uh, Dallas Renegades from when I was working with them. So I've got a, got a couple of things uh, around here. But I'm about to change the office up now that we have to be remote for a little bit. I'm about to change the office up. My dad bought me some, some background stuff. So I'm about to fix it up so I can get my... Get my, uh, you know, my Heckman Harrison on. Not trying to look bootleg back here. <laughs> Heckman's hey, always the, got the, always got the office ready. Nah, man, I'm from the Seafoam capital right now, you know. So, you know, I gotta have get it, get it cracking. But guys, I, I mean, I want to go back to what Rob P is talking about a Super Bowl caliber defense, and I just want to know from you, P, how long did it take for you to gravitate towards? this defense looking like a, a Super Bowl caliber defense? I think it's come during this stretch where the offense has has struggled. And obviously, they if you wanted to call it a slump, that was they broke a slump Sunday. 56 points is just ridiculous. But yeah, I think, you know, early in the season, probably the narrative, and maybe it was it was true, was, you know, offensively, that's the strength. They're dominant. The defense succeeds when they're playing with a lead. They haven't had that luxury lately. And obviously they haven't played they haven't played playoff Super Bowl caliber quarterbacks, but they played Pat Mahomes a few weeks ago and did a hell of a job. And these takeaways are could be the difference maker to me. Because you go back in history, teams that have thirty plus, forty takeaways, if they have a quarterback that is playoff Super Bowl caliber who gets hot most of the time in the past 20 years, there's a team with that many takeaways that makes the Super Bowl because you've got a quarterback and an offense that can uh, capitalize on those extra possessions. Dak is that quarterback. Uh, definitely was earlier in the season. Showed it on Sunday. Great test Sunday against Arizona. But if he gets hot, this, this team is dangerous. I mean, there's no question about that. Now, you mentioned it early on. You kind of talked about the fact that it, the defense – having to raise their game to keep up with the offense. Do you feel like that's starting to kind of get to that that vice versa? It's kind of starting to turn the tide a little bit because the defense did raise their game, and they've done it consistently now for the last four or five weeks. And, and the, of course, the four-game win streak certainly showing for it. But is it also now the offense with the pressure and the, the bet that Micah Parsons was talking about, the, the touchdowns versus turnovers, is it now the offense's turn to try and – turn that tide uh, moving into the final two games of the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, you know, with that bet, if the, if the defense wins that bet, this team's in trouble, you know, (laughs) seriously. I mean, you can't have an offense that's losing the turnover takeaway slash touchdown battle against their own defense every week. And obviously they came out and played really well. I think, you know, Isaiah has been a part of Super Bowl championship teams. And I just think, you can't win a Super Bowl if you've got one side of the ball really struggling. I think you've got to have, look at Tampa Bay last year. It was so, take a drink from home, complimentary. Like, that's what Mike McCarthy's been saying for two years now. Sunday was the best example yet that we've seen of it. And, yes, that was an opponent that was struggling with COVID, with injuries, with schedule. Um, Cowboys were more rested, more ready for that game. But I think... They've been playing at a certain level defensively for a while, and they're peaking in time for the playoffs. And that's, that's exciting if you're a fan. And obviously it's exciting that the offense took a step forward too. Isaiah? 
Yeah, I mean, to Rob's point, you want to make sure that your offense is able to score points. And as well as the defense is playing, as, as great of a job as they're doing in terms of, you know, forcing three and outs and, and ultimately getting turnovers, if your offense gets the ball and they can't score points, then it's really for nothing. Uh, and as, as we talked about in past weeks, you know, the teams that we're going to have to face in the playoffs, all those teams can score points. So the reality is your defense can't stop those guys every single time. So you're going to have to be able to combat their onslaught with your ability to score points. Heck. Well, I just think that it's, it, I think it's interesting for the Cowboys how, uh, the, you know, the offense and defense are kind of being pit against each other. But this team in general is peaking at the right time, P. I just, you know, the turnover, the turnovers for the defense, I think is carrying uh, this team. That momentum is starting to be the catalyst for the success that we're having. Just the way, the aggressiveness, the turnovers, all of that. I mean, it permeates through the whole team. And you could tell the offense is like, hey, we got to get in on the act, uh, too. And it was good to see that uh, the last game. And, and just knowing that this offense for the first, I don't know, can, is it safe to say first seven weeks of the season was just clicking on all cylinders and then something happened. And whether it was the blueprint that came about to show that, look, this is how you need to play these guys. Obviously, teams are willing to die in cover two. And Dak is having to find his way. You can see it a little bit. And we talked about it yesterday, some of the throws uh, that he was making. But you can't, you can't understate uh, how the defense is taking the reins right now and leading this team through. And I don't think that there's anybody that's going to have a problem with saying that if we win a Super Bowl, it's because the defense showed up and showed out and made this possible. So I'm not complaining. Whoever decides to take the lead on this thing to get us there, I'm all for it. I'm sure. right there with real, you. Real quick, just to piggyback on, on, the, on the takeaways thing. I went back. I wrote about this last week. Last 20 seasons, 15 Super Bowls out of those 20, there's been at least one team in the Super Bowl that had 30-plus takeaways, including wow. Isaiah's championship Giants team in 2011. They had 31 takeaways in that season. So did the Patriots. If you've got a really good quarterback to capitalize on that, history shows you can do this. So they are a dangerous team right now, no question about it. But again, hey, Arizona's the best team they have, will have played since Kansas City. So, hey, great test coming up. It is a great test, and we're going to get to that coming up here in the next couple of moments. And in order to do that first, Rob, I want to hear some news and notes. We didn't get the news and notes yesterday, but we also got to hear from Mike McCarthy and some of the coordinators and also had some updates on a certain left tackle that might be available moving into the week. Ooh, I got some news, and I got some notes for y'all. <laughs> let's start with Tyron Smith. Uh, Stephen Jones on the fan yesterday said he was, quote, very optimistic about Tyron returning against Arizona. And, nice. uh, you know, I think he made some progress last week, and they felt like they, you know, could, could wait another week, and they were able to get the job done without him. So Stephen talked like they, they were going to have him back, provided he's got no setbacks during practice this week. Um, so that's good news. The COVID list continues to have some additions. Francis Bernard uh, joins that list. He tested positive. Avante Collins and Brandon Smith from the practice squad were COVID list additions as well. So I count one, two, three, four, five, nine players currently, sorry, on the, on the COVID list since last week. Uh, and, and Tristan Hill's part of that group too. He has not returned um, since being on there a week or two ago. So. Still dealing with COVID throughout the league. The league had uh, 
106 uh, placements on the reserve list. And now that's 476 players on the list since Dang. December 13th, according to the NFL. 428 wow. all of last season. So this is something the Cowboys continue to have to be mindful of. Everybody does. And it kind of goes back to what Dak said before last season, where healthiest team wins, you know, injuries slash COVID. And, Heckman, I want to get your uh, your thought process on the offensive line and the way that they played on Sunday night and the way that they kind of bottled up the defensive line from Washington and, to a certain extent, frustrated the defensive line from Washington. And I, I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, of course, because <laughs> of the, the pain and the Allen, of course. But uh, w- the way that that offensive line played, how exciting is it now moving into these final two games, the fact that, Tyron Smith, should he remain off the COVID list, looks like he's going to be a part of it. Yeah, and, and you're right. I, I know you said that tongue-in-cheek, but, man, we was, we was bringing it to them so much so that they got in the fight themselves on their own hot benches <laughs> that they took with them. Uh, and that's just, you know, I think, you know, obviously Tyron Smith coming back is going to be very important. You want to see your Hall of Fame uh, left tackle back in action. Yeah. But – as much criticism as Coach Philbin has taken from the whole swing tackle by committee approach, man, it, it worked. I mean, you didn't see a drop off from Niseki or Steele, but I really love the way that if you go back and watch that Washington tape, they were giving them them counter trays, and that's an old Joe Gibbs back when they were called the Washington Redskins uh, offense. They that the counter tray was what they started and pulling guards and, and tackles. And, and it worked. And, and you saw Ezekiel Elliott be a patient runner and pick up those gash yards uh, in the last game. But I think if you continue this, and, and as me and Isaiah have talked about it, how this running game can also catapult the passing game to, to where it needs to be. Play action was very important. And I think that was all because of the, 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 the job that the offensive line uh, was doing. We have seen so many times that Biotish and, and Connor Williams or McGovern, whichever one, we were having problems over the left side, over the center with getting pressure up in Dak's face. Didn't have to go through that. Um, obviously, you're going to have a test this Sunday uh, with the Arizona defense because they are formidable and they have some guys that are going to come after them. So I really look, I'm, I'm with P on this. Like You, know, you understand that you have a test coming uh, on Sunday. Isaiah? Yeah, it's great to hear that Tyron Smith is back, man, or possibly back. I mean, simply because of the fact that you know what you have in that all-pro left tackle. And as soon as he comes back, you automatically get all of your depth back, right? You get all your guys go right back to sitting right behind him. And you have a sure thing, no question marks. And you guys can go out there and, and continue to be dominant up front. You know, these guys did a great job in, in obviously in replacing him during that time where he's been gone. And hopefully that ends this week. But those guys were able to get movement up front. And by having that movement up front, you force the defensive line, the defensive front seven, to now respect your running game. We only ran for 108 yards. It wasn't like we beat, beat the ground up, but they had mm-hmm. to respect it. And by doing that, like Heck said, it opens up all of the uh, the threatening aspects of our passing game, which really comes off of the play-action passes, and it was awesome to see. And Terrence Steele can, can you know, go back to his true calling, apparently, and that's playing wide receiver, you know, <laughs> being, being, being on the edge. The other thing, too, and I know you all covered this yesterday, was Dak scrambling. Like, that is an element that, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not by design necessarily, but it does keep the defense honest, and that's as much as he's run. I feel like, I, I don't know if the stats board yeah. out, but as much as he's running weeks in a game. And at least as good as he's looked while running in weeks, right, Isaiah? 
Yeah, it's almost like he just made the decision. I I still feel like there was a little bit of hesitation, but he was like, man, screw it. I know I need to do this. I know this is going to help us move the chains. I know this is going to help our entire offense continue to, you know, put points up. So, free, here I go. All right, and I'm not happy about it, but I'm doing it. And, you know, and he and he made it happen. And guess what? They uh, obviously the offense was the benefactors of it. Yeah, Dak's Dak's game has definitely changed. If you go back to 2019, if Dak got in trouble, if there was an extra five, seven yards to pick up, four would go get it for you. And mm-hmm. this year, we've seen that change. And I don't think anyone is blaming him for that, right? After seeing him go through that catastrophic injury last year, I think we all thought that there was going to be a little bit of doubt in the back of his head on whether I should leave the pocket, you know? And, and, and I'm, I'm with you, Isaiah. Maybe it was just this game that he said, you know what, I'm done with that. I'm going to put that behind me, and I'm going to go out here. And I'm, You saw him running for those first down yards, but we're going to need that. That that Dak in, in, in the playoffs. We're going to need the guy that leaves the pocket because I don't think that defenses are going to change the way that they approach the Cowboys offense. No, I don't I think did, so either. I'm Go sorry. for it. Uh, we, a couple weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, we did a segment of pregame live that was about you know the four quarters and, and getting. And one of the points I made was getting Dak swag back. Did you guys notice the difference in his whole just ambiance, his his confidence when he stepped on the field yesterday, uh, two days ago? I, I'm I'm gonna be honest yeah. with you, I because he's the guy that's always leading the group before games. I I, I haven't seen. I just hadn't seen it uh, the way that I think that you are noticing it. And you've been talking about this for weeks, confidence and, and things like that. So if you notice it coming back, I, I just feel like he's a supremely confident athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, hey, maybe maybe this game, it, it, it was like the light switch came on. He's like, look, I'm, I'm in my bag. I'm, I got to get it. Mm-hmm. No, I think, I think, yeah, heck, and I think there's probably something to that. Maybe not just for Dak, but the whole team. I think they were relieved to yeah. be back at home. You know, three straight road games. They hadn't been at home since Thanksgiving. And look, man, you know, the the stats and the record bear it out. Like, they're a better football team, especially offensively, when they're at AT AT&T Stadium. That's why keep winning, hope Green Bay trips up, and there's a chance they're in this one seed, and they're not going anywhere before possibly the Super We'll see. Man, and you would feel so much better about them playing home games at AT AT&T Stadium. You've at least got one right now. But then if you get a bye and then your next two are supposed to be at home, if you want to keep winning, ooh, I feel so much better about that than having to go up to Lambeau and having McCarthy's return on the docket and so many different things like that. So that one seed is certainly on the docket moving forward. But when we come back, what is the strongest part of the Dallas Cowboys right now? What position group, what unit is the strongest part? We answer that and many more of your Twitter questions when we return with more Talking Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. 
and a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's a great people, great pay replay here on Talking Cowboys. And you've heard it already that Jason Witten has joined the Caliber Collision team. You can join him to do great work with great people for great pay and apply right now at jobsatcaliber.com. That's jobs at caliber.com. <laughs> Second segment here of Talking Cowboys. And thank goodness we have some traditions that are able to live. Just like Rob P's wallet, which is somehow at Isaiah's house right now. I don't know how he got a hold of that thing. thing. Yeah. He got wires that thing. Out of everything. Oh, hey. it's got a it's got yeah, a I pulled pull, pull my version of it out too, dog. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I Rob, did you put Christmas your money gift, clip together? Yet? Gonna, uh, not yet. Thank you, Chris, for the clip. I got some cash to go buy a new wallet. You guys are the best. Isaiah, heck, oh. all you guys. Chris, Kyle, thank you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> trying to help though. we I love how we turn a like a a traditional just roast on Rob into what we actually get him for Christmas. <laughs> I think that's the best part about this whole thing is that we roast them all year long and then we turn around and we say, "Here you go, Merry Christmas, Mr. Phillips." The best thing the best gifts are things you can use, things that you need, that's you know? True. That's and you true. definitely very, need that. Very and gifts. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So with that being said, and, and uh, we we got to ask this yesterday with with Isaiah and, and with Heckmo, but Rob, what was your favorite part about the win over Washington on Sunday? If there was one moment that stuck out to you, um, I might be well, probably Tank's pick six. It was almost like a yeah, like a like a trying to one up Randy Gregory for the week before, yeah. and I I'm probably stepping on your tees pre-show but the the most fun to me watching this team play right now is the d-line and specifically third down like and chris collinsworth was highlighting it you know the different ways they're trying to exploit matchups in pass rush situations the way they'll line up randy gregory and then blitz demar i'm sorry uh micah parsons from the linebacker position off the ball it's it's so much fun to watch Dan Quinn use all these talented players and put them in great positions to have success. I mean, it's it is really really exciting right now. And that's one thing that we didn't really get to highlight yesterday. But talk about the money down from Washington on offense versus Dallas on offense. I mean, it couldn't have been 
any more lopsided. How about three of 13? Washington was held to just three of 13 on third down. And then you've got 10 of 15 for the Cowboys offensively. So both sides of the football able to kind of destroy Washington on third down. And Isaiah, that's going to win you a whole lot of football games if you're able to keep that going. Absolutely. And what's kind of eerie about that is I remember a couple weeks back, we were three for 13 on third down. It just it doesn't seem that long ago that we were having along that same stat line. But if you continue to be uh, continue to execute on third down like they did, obviously, against Washington, you're going to win a lot of doggone ball games. And you hope that that's going to be the result going forward. I have to say ditto and piggyback on, on Rob's point in terms of the defensive line. I'm loving what Dan Quinn's doing in terms of these third down um, these third down matchups. He's done a great job. We talked about it yesterday in terms of moving D-Law over into the inside and putting Parsons on over and over the middle as well. These these offensive guards usually sit in this little bubble, and we talk about it a lot in terms of where guys are comfortable at. Right, guys are comfortable sitting on the inside and guard at the guard position because they have help. They have somebody they're sandwiched in between some guys, and they're they're kind of in this nice little ice cream sandwich. But when you go out to the ends as, at the offensive tackle position, you're really on an island. But these guys are really taking those offensive guards and putting them at a disadvantage, and they're really making them uncomfortable because now they have man-to-man matchups against our best pass rushers in D-Law and Micah Parsons. And I hate to take away from Gregory, but Gregory's on the outside picking on the tackles. And it's awesome to see every time third down pops around. There was a play that uh, Collinsworth highlighted where one play, Randy was in kind of a wide nine technique rush, heck, and and mm-hmm. Parsons w- had had free reign to go in and rush from the middle and get pressure, and then the next time they kind of blocked inside and allowed Gregory to get pressure on the outside and, and tank as well. It's like, it's pick your poison right now. Yep. You know, you just hope that everybody can stay healthy and stay together because it's it's really exciting. Yeah, and you know, and you know, third down is the money down. Right now, this this defense ranks somewhere around 25, 26. Uh, however, and, and maybe after the last game, they're going to be a lot higher. But third down is very important. No matter how you look at turnover differential, the turnovers, and also third down, getting off the field. And that's what they've been so good at is getting off the field. And that's when we talk about this momentum and, and how you just accentuated that point about where our offense was on third down and how the tide had changed there with them, you know, obviously getting to first down, the defense and how the tide has changed and them getting off the field on third down. Look, we're peaking at the right time. All the right things are happening uh, for us. But you, I just want to go back to something that Isaiah said about what Dan Quinn is doing, and that is isolating these matchups, putting guards on an island. And it ain't P Island. But you get on that, <laughs> hey, you get on that island and you have Michael Parsons in front of you or Randy Gregory in front of you, however he switches it up or tank in front of you, and you're finding that they're just isolating and manhandling one side of the offensive line. It's so hard for guys to slide, protect to one side, to take one guy away on our front seven. It's just awesome to see this. And obviously, as guys get healthy, we played that game without Tristan Hill. Uh, That's another guy that you're adding to that rotation. I don't look, man, the momentum that they have on defense right now is just, man, it's 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 uncanny uh, the way that this defense has changed from last year to this year. And one of the things that they highlighted on during the broadcast is the distribution of snaps. And that's one of the things that's undervalued right now. Guys are going from playing 50-something, 60-something snaps as a typical defense alignment, typical front seven. And now these guys are 20, 25 snaps. You know, what does that that, mean, Isaiah? What does that mean? I mean, 
Doggone fresh legs, man. Fresh legs. I mean, you, you think about the duration of a game. If you go out there and run 25-yard sprints, I could do 25-yard sprints. And that's that's really what these defense alignment are doing. They're playing in a five- to seven-yard box. I can come off the ball 100% 20 to 25 times and literally be 100%. Now, you start taking me to 50 and 60 while I'm pushing up, another, uh, pushing up against another grown man and you're mixing in run defense – I'm going to be a little gas, and I'm not going to. It's not going to be at my best every single time. I'm going to give my best, but I'm not going to be at my best. When I'm going 20, 25 snaps a game, I'm not only going to give my best, but I'm also going to be at my best. So you're getting 100% of whoever I am every time you line up against me. And guess what? When I go out, my boy's coming in. And guess what? He's 100% too. That depth yeah, is a problem. It's a huge problem. And they had, I think, a 10-man rotation up front in this last game. I feel like they've done that since they've gotten some of their key guys back. So not only you, and that's without Tristan Hill playing in the game last Sunday. So that's a 10 man rotation and three of the guys with Hill coming back eventually are fresh legs, guys that have been out on top of it. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill should be really fresh down the stretch on top of the fact that they're, they've got some depth. And it just continues to keep opponents off balance. I think that's one of the biggest things for Dan Quinn right now is it's not even just having success snap in and snap out. It's just having the offenses confused snap in and snap out. It seems like every single time an offense goes up to the line of scrimmage, they are having to look at something different or something that they didn't anticipate. And because of that, there's really no way that an offense is able to pick that apart unless they're really some of the elite in the NFL. Okay. All right, let's answer some of these right. Twitter questions. Oh, what do you want to hit, Heckma? No, no, no. I, what? What you said was solid. I, I liked it. I was oh. just giving you. Oh, thank you. Well, this <laughs> first question is actually perfect for you, so I'll turn it right back around to you. <laughs> Joshua John on Twitter, and I love this because this is the way that a lot of Cowboys fans feel right now. As fans, I think we should all say this season has been great and all, but it's always different, or it seems to fall apart whenever you get closer to the playoffs. So why will this year be any different, Mr. Heckma Harrison? Your defense. <laughs> yeah, we what we just been talking about uh, your defense and uh, ability to to take away uh, whatever teams do well. Look at it like this. Uh, you said his name was Josh. Yes. Josh was his name. Okay. Here's the thing, Josh. After after Sunday's game, everybody that was huddled around their television watching us play, one of the all the teams in the NFC uh, that are playing in the playoffs. One thing they don't want to do is they don't want to come here and they don't want us to go there. And the reason being is because of this defense. I'm telling you, if you look at teams, we will make teams one-dimensional, and that is Dan Quinn. That's what he's been doing. If we just, and I think we just have a a date with, let's just say it, Aaron Rodgers, and everybody wants to say, well, what happens when we run into Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers don't want to smoke, and if he does, that running game is going to have to be clicking, and everything else. Their defense and what they're giving up, I think, man, when teams recognize that Dak is getting this running game back going, hey, man, it's, it's trouble. You should feel good about this team, man. You should feel good about them winning uh, a couple of playoffs, uh, playoff games. Isaiah? I believe there's a number of things, Josh, that are really ha- that have contributed to their failure going into the playoffs or um, at the playoff position versus now. And one of the main things, obviously, is leadership. This team, this particular team, um, has not been under this leadership and had failure at that level. You have Mike McCarthy, you have Dan Quinn, you have multiple other coaches on this coaching staff that know what it takes not only to get 
to the playoffs, but succeed in the playoffs. Oh, and by the way, succeed at the Super Bowl. So you have a level of understanding. Instead of hope, you have actual understanding and a game plan from multiple sources within your organization that know how to manage your team through that through, through those situations and ultimately to your goal. So you couple that with the aspect of now you have the personnel to actually execute it. Offensively, you have a, a solid offense that everybody's getting healthy. So hopefully these over these next two weeks, you'll have all your guys going into the playoff run. That's awesome. Okay, boom. Now you go to the defensive side. You have more personnel, more talent, and more guys willing to go out there and go out to give it their all, make plays, play like a, like a brotherhood than you've ever had really in a, or not say ever, but in a very long time within this organization and everything is clicking. So to Heckman's point, the defense is playing well, the offense is playing well, you have all the personnel, you have health on your side. Oh, and by the way, you have a bunch of coaches on this, on this staff right here that understand what it takes to get there, go through it and mm. ultimately win it. Rob. Totally agree with you guys. I mean, top of the show we talked about look it's the complimentary thing like there there's not right now when they're playing at their best there's not really a weakness on this team in terms of you go through all three phases and so but I I would really highlight the defense uh, more than anything like Heck said you know Isaiah was part of a a Giants team that won the Super Bowl and and really both those Giants teams that got pressure without having to, to send a bunch of extra guys and that's how you can have a chance to win against an Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs uh, and some of these great quarterbacks that they're possibly going to run into. That's why I keep pointing towards Sunday, though, because Kyler Murray, you know, is going to present a different challenge with with his ability to to scramble and move around. And, you know, I don't know if, if the teams in the past that had a chance, like the playoff teams that, that Josh mentioned or the, or, the, or the Twitter question mentioned, really limped in the playoffs. But I think, you know, that 2018 team had a weakness. They couldn't stop the run. They're better against the run this year than they were that season. But again, a big test on Sunday. Can you, can you keep it going? I still think, though, it comes down to the D-line pressure because you have to have that against championship quarterbacks in the playoffs. Especially mobile ones at that, and you're going to get a great test with that with Kyler Murray coming up this week. But I want to go back to what Isaiah was talking about in, in the coaching staff. I feel like that doesn't get enough Mm-hmm. credit right now because you look across this coaching staff and, and it's not just Mike McCarthy in the Super Bowl that he won with Green Bay it's the Dan Quinns of the world it's the Joe Witt juniors and the, the Doug Nussmeyers these are guys that down the list have won either Super Bowls national championships they've gotten to the mountaintop of where their sport is and, and you've been a guy who of course has gotten there as well or been on a team that's gotten to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl so how big of an impact do coaches make whenever you are getting close to making a run when you have the opportunity or at least the potential to get to that mountaintop. How big are the coaches to, to allow that to let it happen? They're major and they don't they don't get enough credit. And when you have a when you have they're the leaders. Let's let's lay that out there. The coaching staff are the leaders of this organization. Okay. It goes to the ownership, it goes management, then it goes coaches, okay, then it goes players. And the players just simply execute what they're being taught and they go along with the game plan that's laid out for them. You got Coach McCarthy that does that does a heck of a job of understanding, hey, I have been to the show. I've been to the playoffs a bunch of times. Right? I know how to manage my team health wise, approach wise during practice. All 
all the different you know different ins and outs that get you to that point to be competitive in the playoffs. I understand that, and I know how to win a dog on Super Bowl. Okay, let's go to Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn knows the same exact thing. He knows how to manage a team and get you there. He's won a Super Bowl, but one thing that's not getting enough credit is the fact that Dan Quinn gave up a Super Bowl. He lost it in the worst way ever in the history of football, and that hurts him. That <laughs> kills him on the inside. The same way that we saw Allen or Payne, whoever that was, order shaking on the sideline, pissed off, that is Dan <laughs> Quinn on the inside. He has that little hole in his heart, and he's trying to patch that thing up. So anytime you have a, a pain point in your life, you do everything you can from that point forward to ensure that it never happens again. So he has that that motivates him going forward, and he's going to doing everything he can to make sure that he doesn't repeat that again this year. You know, they say, uh, you know, they say experience is a good teacher, Isaiah, and, and we have plenty of experience. And you've echoed this the, the entire time. Uh, the, the culture, the culture changing aspect of the coaches that we have. And I remember at the beginning of the season when Hard Knocks was going on and, and Coach McCarthy talking about that it takes 77 men to win a Super Bowl, and that was his experience when he was in Green Bay. Just think about how many guys have come on this roster and off the roster and how many. I don't know what that number is uh, to date, but I'm sure it's getting up there with the number of injuries and guys that we've had to fill in. But because of the culture change, you're not sweating it the same way that you did last year when guys mm -hmm. went down, you know. And I just think all of that is a byproduct of everything that you just said, Isaiah, that, that when you bring in coaches that have that experience, that have been to the mountaintop, they know how to coach these guys through it. Coach McCarthy, even in an interview, when he asked about, you know, kind of dialing things down for his team, he said, you know, I had years where I had a great team, but I just pounded those guys and pounded them. And when I needed them to get to the next level, I took it all out of them on the practice field. And so maybe dialing these practices back and being the ultimate player coach because his coach, because the players love him right now uh, for that, and they're rewarding him uh, for that by going out and putting it on the field. That's a great point. He definitely said that. The other thing he said is he likes to get young players' experience early in the season uh, because it's going to pay off late. Because you're you're going to need, like you said, 77 guys. I, I'd I'd argue they're already above that when you factor in the larger really? practice squads now and the guys they've had to use uh. because of injury. So he's had that opportunity uh, because of the injuries they've had. And I think, you know, think of Anosa Odigizua, the experience he's gotten early in the season that can help make him a better player by this point in the season. This Y'all brought up a great point. I just want to point out one news and note left, and that's the fact that teams with head coaching vacancies can start talking to NFL mm. assistants for head coaching jobs the final two weeks of the season. So we're here now starting today. So obviously Dan Quinn could get some interest. Kellen Moore could get some interest. We'll see. Uh, both guys were asked about it yesterday, kind of deflected it. Uh, Jerry didn't want to discuss that possibility or get into specifics today on the fan. But it's something to keep an eye on. And it's, it's a, I would call it a good problem to have because it's, it shows the hell of a job that this coaching staff's done to y'all's point. I would rather have this problem than having like the Mike Nolan situation from 2020 <laughs> where it's like, are we done with him yet? Or what, what's going on? No, it, it's, it's more so of, Oh, can we hold on to Dan Quinn? Can we find a way to keep him here? And that, I, I would much rather have that problem than what, what was happening 
a year ago around this time as well. But that is interesting. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Dan Quinn and his game plan on Kyler Murray and, and so on and so forth going into tomorrow's show as we preview the, the Cardinals offense and the Cowboys defense. But when we come back, we got a couple more Twitter questions and we wrap things up. How about a bubble? Could a bubble be in store for the Cowboys the final couple weeks of the season when we come back with more Talking Cowboys? Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every <laughs> exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor here on Talking Cowboys. Isaiah, those Essilor lenses right there? Uh, these are the, the custom Essilor Husky editions right there. You see that right there? Mm, the Ooh. custom Husky edition. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of uh, recalibrating to do with my, with my college program right now. Oh, Washington State, you're a big, you're a big whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, Don't do that, Kyle. Washington State. <laughs> don't, don't, you, don't, disrespe- don't you disrespect me. Okay. <laughs> University of Washington. Huskies. Washington. Yeah, never would I ever go to Washington State. <laughs> yeah, but you're a big fan of uh, of Gardner Minshew, though. I like Gardner, and that's one of the few Washington State guys that I would uh, approve of. Mm, mm. I got you. I got you. No, we know you're you dub for life. Got the purple and gold. You bleed it. I'm not going to touch Final right. segment. <laughs> final segment here of Talking <laughs> Cowboys. Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam. Holding it down back at the mothership at the star in Frisco. So, guys, I got one more Twitter question for us before we wrap things up. And I teased it going into the break. Alice Alex asked on Twitter, 
could, because of the spike in COVID cases, how is it and how it's affected potential teams' performances in the NFL? Could the Cowboys be considering a bubble from here on out because of how special this team could be? And of course, the main issue right now is the fact of trying to stay healthy going into the final games of the regular season and then, of course, into the playoffs. So, Rob, I'll start with you on this one. Is there a possibility of a bubble even being discussed? I know they had had that prior to training camp in 2020 with the Omni, and they have the resources to do so, but is it even going to happen? Uh, I don't know if the entire team would do it, Kyle. I I think Mike McCarthy was asked about this recently, and I think maybe on an individual basis – it's possible that guys might do that. I mean, Mike did that prior to getting COVID a few weeks ago, just trying to keep his family safe, trying to you know isolate a little bit because they were having some some cases in the staff. So I think maybe on an individual basis, I don't know if it would be a team-wide operation thing necessarily, even though they've got amenities to do a lot of that. Um, you know, in some regards, I think you know we're in a better place than we were last year because of the vaccine. Um, but look, cases are rising because this new variant obviously is so contagious. So uh, I think it's something maybe to continue to look at. Maybe there's discussions, but I don't know that the entire team would do that. Isaiah? I, believe I believe it's something that to look at. And to Ross' point, I'm not sure if that actually would go through, but it's a consideration. And I think it's a great question. It's a valid question. When you have something that you're so close to, you you don't get that many opportunities to secure the bag in terms of a Super Bowl. So as they approach the playoffs, I would not put it off the table. Matter of fact, I'd throw the whole thing on the table because yeah. you, depending on if you get the first seed, second, whatever seed you get, you either got a three or a four game run. And so those for those for those four to those four to five weeks, depending on uh, how far you get, you know you want to ensure the safety and the, the validity of your of your opportunities as much as possible. So if that requires you staying in that in a hotel for a month to get your shot at walking away with that dog on Lombardi, hey, lock it up. I could do I could do a month. I could do a month. I got a month for you. Other than that, I don't know. That part. No, I love it. I, I love what you just said. And, and I think the situation is so fluid right now in the NFL that they're just trying to do the best that they possibly can. Uh, P just mentioned, he just gave you the numbers since like December the 12th or whatever, 400 uh, players more or more players have tested positive. Guys, we, it's just, look, man, it's a, it's a serious situation. We're talking about football, but just world, worldwide, this is a serious situation. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, we've looked at different leagues and how they've dealt with like how the NBA went into the bubble and all of that. Obviously, the NFL has got to be looking at this as well uh, because they don't want to have anything interrupt uh, the NFL playoffs. You can't have a game where one of your star players is out because of COVID, right? So... I think a bubble situation may be called for, but you know, when, when you have a, a guy like Isaiah who's been to the mountaintop and, and says, look, a month, I'll do a month. And I'm sure that isn't a player with a star on his helmet that wouldn't isolate himself to hoist that Lombardi trophy and, and make sure that everybody is straight and everybody's safe. Yeah, you do it for a month anyway during training camp. If you go out to Oxnard, you're out there for a month or so. And so, Hey, it makes sense. I, I, I think I'm right there with you guys. And I love how you, you attacked all three levels. Rob said from an individual standpoint, some guys may say, hey, let me go take, a, take this time away. Isaiah said, hey, as a team, you have an opportunity to do something special here. 
don't let it slip. Don't let something affect that in those four games, those playoff games, this final run. Don't let that be the case. And then Heckma says, well, what about the league? The league could potentially do something about it. So I think you attack all three levels there. And at some point, a solution should be available to at least ensure uh, the possibility or at least lower the possibility that you are going to be affected by COVID heading into the playoffs, because I think that's a lot of people's worries at the moment. And I, I, I'm on the same page as you guys. I think they should consider something to, to try and stifle this before it really gets any worse. But we've got plenty more uh, storylines to talk about throughout the rest of the week. Tomorrow we preview the Cowboys defense taking on Kyler Murray and that Arizona offense without DeAndre Hopkins, but still very, very dangerous coming out of the NFC West. And we'll talk about that more tomorrow, 9 a.m. Central Time. But that does it for us today. For Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, and Chris Bean back at the Star, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!